Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds. Steve Harness. And cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. Mm, that would be us. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. All of Brewski back for... Another, we'll see if it's an exciting podcast. I mean, I don't want to say like, oh, we don't have a very good show for you today, but like, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We're not above lying to our audience, so we'll just tell you it's going to be an exciting show. You be the judge. It's a relative term, exciting, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I believe it's episode 57, I want to say. Awesome. They're just climbing like crazy, dude. Yeah, it's going to be. So yeah, find the the show online, thevocalminority.net. Yeah, but you write down that uh, web address. You're going to need it. Yes. Yeah, go uh, check it out. Minority.net. You even can communicate. Uh, you can communicate with this show there. So I don't know about do. any other shows, but you can communicate. <laughs> no, dude, we don't have any other shows on there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, find the social medias. Help spread the good word for the love of uh, God, people. You seem in a better place uh, this podcast than you did last podcast, Steve. Well, I, you know. Yeah, I got my balls busted a little, and I listened back, and I was like, yeah, I did sound a little low energy, so I was just trying to be smooth jazz harness, that's all. <laughs> hey, ladies can't take bored. it, dude. Yeah, Rachel started listening to your podcast, that's the first, yeah, we, we opened the show, I asked you where your energy was, and she was laughing, she was like, no, Steve is not very white. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I find that debatable. People have been calling me uh, Morgan Freeman recently, so, uh, you know, it's going to my head a little. Dude, why don't you work on, uh, like, actual solid impression of it? I should try. Yeah. I'll start narrating documentaries just to get a little uh, practice in, so. Well, good. There you go. See, we're not above improving ourselves, getting better and better all for you. Right. And I will say, back in the actual radio talk show days, I don't know if you guys remember this, but, you know, back then, not everyone knew what we looked like. Not that everyone knows now, but especially then, we were just a radio show. So if you didn't see some picture on the website, you wouldn't know what we looked like. And uh, Some guy called in, and uh, he said something about meeting us in an event, and, you know, Steve, you don't look anything like I pictured. And I said, well, what'd you picture? And he said... Middle-aged black man. <laughs> really? I don't remember that, dude. Is that the truth? Yeah, yeah. So. That's funny, man. Who you had, a, you had a Steve Poole vibe going on. Apparently. Yeah, well, <laughs> out of the three of us, uh, Brewski's the only guy I could hear and have a solid image in my mind what he might look like. <laughs> right. And that's a compliment to you. Like, I think that uh, you carry who you are physically and emotionally. <laughs> like, I could hear it with you. You know what I mean? Sure. I've hosted several events where I get up and I'm like, hi, Steve Harness, the guy from the radio. And yeah, you don't look how you sound either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I heard somebody talking about, uh, oh, it was a comedian. He was like, I was on an airplane. uh, Some guy was next to me. You know, we got to talk and he was like, uh, oh, you're a stand up. Tell me a joke. And uh, this guy was a builder and the comedian said, build me a house. <laughs> like, you know, like, just don't tell me to do my job like I'm a pony. Right. Comedians so, yeah. apparently hate that. But, uh, you know. yeah, well, is not as much as uh, I used to hate it when people would be like, uh, they'd come and meet us at remotes and then, you know, talk to you for a few minutes and they'd be like, uh, let me hear your radio voice. Oh, oh yeah. I hated it. Do the weather for me real quick. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. These but are anyways. things we find annoying. Shall we get the day started, fellas? I suppose yeah. so, yes. This is Need to Know News. News you need to know. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey. 
Stand by for news. Yeah. And he now you're here. He What's that? He doesn't look how he sounds. Paul Harvey? Well, he's dead, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't look at all like he sounds. Not holding up well at this day. So, yeah. Shame on you, dude. Sorry. It's Mr. Harvey to you. All right? <laughs> uh, Who's got news for us? I'm telling you right now, dude. News listen to this. Not some this garbage is, news. You know what I should do? I should actually uh, I should actually light up a cigarette while I tell you this story. Oh, you could be an old newsman style. That's good. <laughs> I assume yeah. Paul Harvey used to yeah. smoke in the studio, right? Yeah. A new study makes grim revelation about cigarette filters. They have to be taken off the market instantly. Cigarette filters, like the kind built in or the... uh, Yeah, just like, you know, the filter, the orange part of the cigarette usually, you know. Okay. Filter. I always picture like uh, that big long black stick. Yeah. Cigarette holder. Yeah, uh, that was 20s though. Uh, this is the current day. We're having yeah. an issue that needs to be taken care of. Uh, the adverse impacts of cigarettes on human health are obviously plenty. But what do they do to our environment? As one of the uh, most littered items that uh-oh. you're, you know, in the world, really. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, is that the revelation, just that we're polluting the planet with the filters now? No. So they started doing some studies, and they were like, you know, could this be getting into our environment, these filters, as they don't decompose and sit in the rain? And, you They're know, cotton, though. They're made out of cotton, aren't they? Fiberglass. Got to be in there, dude. And all the toxins <laughs> that I smoke through the cigarette are sitting in that filter. Right. right. So they thought, oh, we should do some uh, research on this. University of Gothenburg found that apart from being one of the most commonly formed, uh, uh, common forms of littering, uh, cigarette filters leak thousands of toxins and plastic fibers into the surrounding environment. Mm. And they're specifically toxic to uh, aquatic areas, so Mm. the water. Are these the toxins that it's filtering out of your cigarette smoke, or just the filter itself has toxins? Well, let's find out. The filter is full of thousands of toxic chemicals and microplastic fibers. So both. Yeah. It's well, the we material. know micro, the microplastics are getting in everywhere, and they're finding them in human beings now because it's in our food and water and everything. So, Ooh. so cigarette filters. <clears throat> it's interesting. I mean, yeah. first of all, if you guys don't care about polluting your lungs, do you care about polluting the planet? Uh, I do for uh, several reasons. And I'm not saying I've never thrown a cigarette on the ground, put it out and left it there. But in my younger years, you know, as I am not a uh, climate crisis denier, I realize what it does to the environment just on a level of like it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to take years for it to go away. But I didn't ever know the toxins. Uh, I will say this. The last time I threw a cigarette outside is I threw a lit cigarette out my window. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, I, and I got a state trooper right behind me. It was dark. And as soon as I did it, yeah. pulled Good. me over. Very I mean, not expensive. to admonish you per se, but, you know, I, I see that a lot. And I live in the middle of a forest, by the way. Yeah. It yes. drives me nuts when I see people flick a cigarette butt out the window. Not only just for the pollution aspect right. of it, but... 
it's on fire. We live in a forest. Like, what <laughs> are you possibly thinking? So, And I sure would be conscious of that. We live in Seattle where it's just wet, pouring disaster <laughs> right. most of the time. And That's it was a wet morning. Yeah. But not to excuse it. But I would never throw it out. I Well, I would never throw it out anywhere now. But I got a big ticket, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, what it cost? Because I knew a guy around here that got pulled over. And I want to say it was like a seven or $800 ticket. Mine was 800 Yeah. 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 Ouch. So. It's you know, a good lesson, dude. You know, Nick, it, there's a really easy way to uh, remedy that problem. How? Well, you can go the way the Cadillac Jack used to roll. What What was his method for getting rid of them? Just fill no. free or what? Yeah, LSMFT. Oh. Lucky strikes make fine tobacco. My, my dad <laughs> smoked Lucky's, two packs of Lucky's a day for years. Lucky's he don't have did. filters or was he rolling? No. No, no. I mean, you could get them with a filter now because we're where we are in America. But when I was when I was a kid, that my dad oh, he smoked Luckies and they were filterless cigarettes. Mm. What is the concept of the filter, by the way? Is it try to just make you feel like it's taking some garbage out of there? Hopefully, uh, hopefully, <laughs> but it's also a little less uh, harsh. Lower tar and nic- nicotine, yeah. you know. I mean, you, yeah. you look at the cigarettes in the seventies, like Tariton, where they were a low tar <laughs> cigarette, you know. Yeah, right. Diet right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to know how switch. hard up in high school we used to be for smokes before we could buy them? My buddy's dad uh, smoked Paul Malls, which are a long filterless cigarette. Yeah. And he would put him out with like, you know, two inches left on him. And <laughs> yeah. his brother smoked Marlboros. So we would take his brother's cigarette butts and attach them to the filterless cigarette, and we called them Paul Marlboros. <laughs> and we smoked them that way. Uh, smoking is a nasty thing to get into. Neither of you guys have ever had a cigarette? Nope. Oh, yes, I have. Oh, you have? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, cigarettes, cigars. Cigars is one thing I, well, pipes. Crack, cocaine. No, 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 no. Tobacco pipe. <laughs> sure. I tried to buy once, but I won't try cigarettes. I mean, when I, I, when I lived, <laughs> when I, when I lived with, with uh, the Hoolahans in Seattle there, after the Jen threw me out, uh, I had pipe night with one of my roommates, Joey Hoolahan. Wednesday nights, we'd sit out on the front porch smoking pipes. That's funny, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think all, I know what that means. <laughs> You're not uh, poles, pipes, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, my Cher- dad's smoked tobacco. pipe all my life, and uh, after he died... Just a little homage to him. I would smoke his pipe once in a yeah. while. Nice. Listen, I consider cigars and pipes to be different than you know cigarettes. I've tried uh, I've tried cigars and pipes before, but no. Nah, I mean, once or twice at a party to look cool when I was young, I would take a cigarette and just like puff it in my mouth and let it go. Like I never inhaled. Yeah, never inhaled um, in clove cigarette. I think once when I was like you know eighteen or something, I tried, but oh, I yeah. benefit for uh, polluting my lungs. So that's always been my philosophy. There's I a will benefit, say, dude. I don't Why know if do I think we you. do it. Well, you've told me before you get some nicotine rush or something, right? It gives you, I mean, it instantly gives me a little dopamine, you know. Yeah, I need actual intoxication, not just a feel good. I'll I'll read a positive limerick or something if I just want a little <laughs> okay. dopamine. Hit, but well, that's I, good I advice. Yeah. You know, uh, th- there were times, believe it or not, I used to get the gen so angry. 
that she would have to be shaken and she'd have to go outside and smoke a cigarette. If you can believe it, I actually got her that angry that she'd have to go outside and smoke a cigarette to calm herself down. But she was a smoker, right? I mean, oh, yeah. a daily yeah. smoker. Well, I was going to say, where'd she just have cigarettes laying around? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> she, was, she was a smoker, but but like this was kind of like uh, she'd have to go out and smoke a cigarette and then come in and smoke a bowl. But she'd have to have the nicotine first <laughs> just funny. to kind of take the edge off. There's been plenty of times I've been angered to the point of like, I got to have a cigarette. Like, all the time. <laughs> and not necessarily even with just my wife, like, just in life in general. Like, oh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, Dottie vapes Nick. Nick, she Nick. does not Nick, yeah. never smoked, but uh, does that. And every now and again, she'll mistakenly like pass me that. I'm like, which one is this? Like, <laughs> no, 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 I don't want that one. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, so tell me what it's like when she does it. This is what I'm picturing only because this is what I see when I see people vape. Uh, does she have a machine or a disposable? Um, she has a refillable one. Okay. So when she drags off that and releases, is it just, uh, insane amount of smoke that comes out of her yeah i mean it's a good amount i've seen some people that it's truly like this dense white cloud and it's not quite yeah. that bad but yeah i mean huh. and she you know she'll take a drag and then you know go a few hours or something but she showed up here a couple of weeks ago and it was just on edge like i could tell <laughs> everything she okay. needed it She's like, I forgot my freaking pen at home. Like, I'm like, oh, should we go hit a gas station up for you? She's like, yeah, I think we should. I'm a little edgy. <laughs> you know? I wish I could be that person, dude, in a, that uh, like Dottie that just did that once in a while. Or like I have people that I know <laughs> in my very close life, like, uh, well, they're my family. But like when I see them, they'll smoke a cigarette with me. Or yeah. smoke while they're with me. Uh, I always love it. And then they go home and then never do it again, you know. Mm. I wish I could be that person that could just yeah. smoke once in a while socially or whatever. But yeah, that's uh, not where I am. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing the vape? I did the vape a little bit. It's funny. The first vape I did consistently was when I was in Boston. And I got there and they were like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we outlawed menthol cigarettes. I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I got a vape that was the closest taste to menthol cigarette as you could get. And I yeah, I enjoyed it for the week. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. See, if you actually uh, smoke cigarettes, that would probably bother me. I mean, I put up with it, but it's not good. I don't like kissing an ashtray, you know. You hear that, Dottie? Don't even think about it, dude. Don't <laughs> even think about it. Need to know news. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. News you need to know. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. All right. I have a related story, uh, ironically enough. Oh, good. All right. Now, first of all, I mentioned this, I think, a few podcasts back. When I moved into this house I'm in now, it has an electric uh, range. My, uh, you know, cooktop is uh, yeah. electric. Not gas. And no, not gas. And every house I've ever lived in has a gas stove. And I've always heard the uh, snobs in the cooking world talk about that, you know, gas stoves are preferable and all that stuff. And, uh, first of all, I got to tell you, I, I cook on this electric top. all the time. I don't notice a difference at all. I don't, I don't even get what the difference should be. Oh, there's a huge difference. And you can control you, the heat. You can control the heat more. The heat's, yeah, and that you can control the heat to a degree in what you want it precisely, but also it's instant heat. You don't have to wait for anything to heat up. Well, I mean, this electric thing heats pretty quickly, but it's a consistent surface. Like, it's not a hot spot like a flame would be. I don't. It seems to cook my eggs the same to me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, uh, uh, I live I live in an area in uh, Washington where most of the homes out here uh, have 
for a long time anyway, growing up especially, they had electric stoves. I didn't get gas in a stove until well, I think I moved into this house, which would have been eight years maybe. So here's the latest and why I say it relates to our last story. Uh, new study. Cooking with a gas stove may be as bad as breathing secondhand cigarette smoke. Ooh. I've never really? heard this. It says cooking with a gas-fired stove can cause unsafe levels of toxic, of toxins to accumulate inside your home, exposing people to roughly the same cancer risk as breathing secondhand cigarette smoke, according to a new study out of Stanford University. Uh, that's a fact. What publication is this? It's Stanford did this? Uh, I'm reading it from the LA Times, and Stanford did it. Pretty smart folks. Yeah. Yeah. Researchers from Stanford uh, and a nonprofit, PSE Health Energy, uh, tested gas and propane stoves in 87 homes across California and Colorado and found that every appliance produced a detectable amount of cancer-causing benzene, a chemical with no safe level of exposure. It took only 45 minutes for a single burner on high or an oven set to 350 to boost benzene levels above well-established health baselines. If that's the truth, dude, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't all of you people that don't smoke like? Uh, why wouldn't it be closer to who's getting lung cancer? That's a fair point. Maybe secondhand smoke is all garbage, as we've always wondered if it is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Does blowing smoke in the house really affect someone the same as you breathing it? But I think if you're in it, like thick, heavy smoke, like a, a hot box, you know, in a car, yeah. like it may bother your lungs and irritate you. But this, I don't buy this, dude. I mean, come on, Stanford. What are you doing? I declare you know, you're wrong. What the thing with uh, the secondhand smoke is. So, I mean, my parents smoked in the house all the time. When I was growing up, my parents, uh, mm. my mom and my dad, even in the car, windows up, mom and dad are smoking, <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. and I, I never developed, thank goodness, I never developed asthma or anything like that. But, you know, my parents were both serious smokers for a long time. There's, there's certain people, dude, that uh, will get lung cancer. Have a couple months to live and never smoked a cigarette in their life. I mean, obviously, smoking gives you a greater chance. Sure. But uh, yeah, the there's root. all kinds of stuff, as we're hearing now, that give you cancer, dude. What what can we drink out of? What can we do anymore that's not going to give us cancer? That's my question. Well, I think because of what we've done to the planet, like you were talking about in your micro, you know, fiber story or whatever there, mycoplastics. Yeah, uh, yeah it is hard to uh, stay away from any of this stuff entirely, but... Um, I don't know. Does your desire to have the ultimate level of cooking outweigh your uh, desire not to have toxic levels of benzene build up in your house? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? When, when I when I'm want to make a good steak, I you know if I can't go up to my grill, I like yeah. having my gas stove. You know. Right. Yeah. It is a fair point, though. Like, if this is a real thing, we've all been doing this for generations. Why aren't we yes. having epic levels of, you know, of lung cancer or whatever? We've had gas stoves far longer than we've had electric stoves. Right. Maybe this is why we have so much cancer in the country, though. <laughs> some some <laughs> unknown thing that none of us realize is what's really, you know, polluting us or killing us. I don't, I don't know. It's a good question. But if you had any other appliance, if I just said, like, you know, your uh, your TV is emitting benzene or something. You'd probably be like, "Well, screw that! I want the TV that does not emit benzene." Sure, <laughs> for stoves. People love their gas stoves. You know, you're so. right. I mean, I, of course, if it's, if I if it's known that it's going to make me ill, I'll get rid of it. 
Well, they're saying it definitely is increasing benzene levels, <laughs> and there definitely is no safe exposure to benzene. But they're also not saying, you know, 100 particles per whatever is going to for sure do whatever. Like, yeah, it's always a gray area with secondhand exposure. It always is. All these topics. So. We need more data. Need to know news. News you need to know. Thank you, Johnny. Well, guys, you know, in the um, always check your sources department, we come to mm. Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. Right. Um, and I will just interject real quick that this is part of what we deal with for a living. Like, we're not supposed to go on the radio or podcast without fact checking, you know, our stories. And I do this with my kids all the time. I literally, 20 minutes ago with my son, was having a discussion about where'd you read it? What's the source? I want to know where you got that from. It was on some web thing. Like, no, no, no. Tell me the website. So, and by the way, I fact check people online all the time, and it takes about 30 freaking seconds. Yeah, you know, Google Snopes and whatever the topic is, and you'll find if it's true or not. It's pretty easy, but no one ever takes the time. We would like to uh, confirm our program to never, to never, ever, ever bring you fake news. All right, <laughs> we try to bust each other. I mean, you know, we try to be good about this. So. We do. Yeah, I had a relative unfriend me because I kept debunking her. And it was just like, I'm sorry that you're spewing garbage, and I just post a Snopes link showing you you're wrong. She yeah. unfriended me instead of fact-checking herself. So. Yeah. Oh I digress. So, Brewski, go Brewski. <laughs> Governor Greg Abbott had sent out a tweet that said, Garth Brooks booed off stage at 123rd annual Texas Country Jamboree. Mm. Go woke, period. Go broke, period. Garth called his conservative fans, quote, apples, end quote, <laughs> good job, Texas. Right now, now we've got now we've got a couple of problems here. The first one that Greg Abbott should have known right away was that there's no such thing as the Texas Country Jamboree, and they definitely have not had 123 of them. Well, and it was in a town in Texas that doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. It was like in Hemmerington, Texas. Right? I was I, the thing I read. Said, I never heard of no it, town dude. even called that. And yeah, you're right, Brewski. It's been going on for 123 years apparently. <laughs> well, now now this 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 is the best part though. When you look at the the link of where, where the the story comes from, yeah, it comes from the Dunning Kruger Times dot com. Oh my gosh! Now, in case you don't know what the Dunning Kruger effect is, the Dunning Kruger effect is when people who are not super intelligent but think that they know how to do stuff will kind of portray themselves as doing knowing more than they actually do about a particular topic. Mm. Sure. I see. I never heard that term actually. So. It's an yeah. onion-esque uh, site, you know? right? Right. Yeah. So it's a parody and, news site that posted this article that Garth Brooks got booed off stage. And as we talked about in the last podcast or two ago, like Garth came out and said he's going to sell Bud Light in his new bars, and if you're an a-hole, then you can go drink somewhere else. And so conservatives are now trying to boycott uh, Garth Brooks, and I'm sure Governor Abbott there uh, just got a big old conservative Woody when he saw that headline and didn't bother fact-checking. On the uh, on the picture of the article, you yeah. know, it has Garth Brooks on stage. It's obvious to me that he's reaching down and like slapping fans in the front row, you know. But yeah. they, put, they they it's a still shot and it's him bending over like he's just like, oh, I can't believe I'm being booed, you know. It's yeah, just so sensacious, dude. It's so fun. I love it. As if people would spend a couple hundred bucks a ticket for Garth Brooks and then show up and just boo him as soon as he comes on stage. <laughs> right. like, we didn't know, right? <laughs> 
That's yeah, hilarious. It's, it's, just, it's just amazing. Now, I yeah. uh, I can only assume that the governor, being a responsible adult elected official, he must have uh, tweeted a retraction, edited it somehow, and said, I'm sorry, everyone, this is actually a fake news story. Yeah. I'm sure he did that, right? No, he hasn't. Oh, he didn't. Oh. He just deleted the tweet and made no mention of the fact that he posted completely erroneous news, which means most people will never know it was fake. He's just spreading misinformation. And I, you know, when NBC News makes a mistake, they will go on air and make a public retraction. When Fox yeah. News makes a mistake, they'll double and triple down on it or they'll just never yeah. it again. It's important, dude. It's called integrity and in broadcasting, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, a year or two back, Chuck Todd, you know, got himself all welled up uh, as he reported a, a a fake story. CBS had done it, and they edited they edited out some key information, and they NBC reran it, not understanding that CBS had screwed it up. So right. it wasn't even NBC's fault per se. But as Chuck Todd said, like we should have fact checked it, we didn't. That is on us. I strive not, and he starts like welling up, like I wow. strive not to make mistakes with you. I you know, I remember that dude. Uh, you remember Brian Williams, right? His yeah, his. Yeah. Uh, deal where he told people uh yeah you know i was in helicopters in the battlefield and shot out and everything like that yeah and i mean even he i would have let that story go you know people were pissed when they found out he lied he came out and he was like you know i was just with some buddy he almost almost a trunk uh trump locker room thing like i was just with some buddies i got caught up you know sorry i told you guys that that was bs yes for sure gotta retract uh, let me, and this is to quote a line from Brewski, okay? Uh, Greg Abbott, we won't stand for fake news, and neither <laughs> will you. <laughs> I was going to do it, but oh, you please do it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know you would bring it again. No, no, no. I, you know, I, I, I try to hold back on that one because I know it's it's kind of in poor taste. But I like saying <laughs> it because he's such a effing douche you know yes he's he's a, a, you know it's funny though in all seriousness i think we have to point out that greg abbott's in a wheelchair because they don't ever 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 show him in the wheelchair on tv they always film him from the chest up like you do with almost anyone right like yeah, you have to actually well, know that guy's in a wheelchair because anytime you see him on the news they you know they show him from the chest up so that's Sometimes you get some B-roll with, with him rolling up to the uh, uh, up to the uh, event or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, I've seen exactly. him rolling. Right. He's not very good at it, so he gets a B for his role. He's riding dirty, you know. <laughs> I get an A roll when I get <laughs> This is Need to Know News. News you need to know. Obviously, news you need to know. That's what we're doing. Uh, it's the vocal minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. While we're speaking about Texas and morons, uh, I will just say Ted Cruz uh, mercilessly mocked for a bizarre rant about Biden, Satan, and Pat Benatar. Oh, those are three of my favorite people. So. <laughs> I, love, I love Pat Benatar. Yeah, right? I've seen her in concert. She's good, dude. But Dark-haired uh, rock and roll goddess right up my alley. Let's hear what Ted Cruz actually had to say. I don't think Senate Democrats, if you had video of Joe Biden murdering children dressed as the devil under a full moon while singing Pat Benatar, <laughs> they still wouldn't vote to convict. What, wait well, a minute. So what no, the hell does no, Pat no, Benatar no, have to do with any of that? Hit and, me with and, your I, best shot. No, uh, not, no, not, not that. So she had a song back in the 80s called Hell is for Children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, what and an the song. an obscure reference. But, but, the, but the song was about um, child, child abuse. 
that's weird. Uh, Why wouldn't uh, he pick Ozzy Osbourne or somebody more like satanically known or something like Pat Benatar? Yeah, he's, he's crazy, oh, dude. Well, that's how hip he is. He's like that <laughs> is devil music. That Pat Benatar. Uh, but isn't this reminiscent too? I mean, this is just what Trump said about you know, like I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and you know they'd right. still vote for me, like. Ted Cruz, first of all, you stole this. And if you see him on video saying it, it was obviously something that he had prepared thoroughly for. He oh, came yeah. up with this line and, you know, he was going to read it one way or the other. I was going to oh, say, yeah. there's no way Ted Cruz knew that obscure Pat Benatar fact. Somebody no, wrote that didn't. down. Somebody ever. gave it to him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and secondly, he's wrong. If a Democrat did one-tenth of the things Trump did, I would be so embarrassed. I would never vote for them, support them, or anything else. Yeah. No. You know, that's the thing I don't get about Trump. Like, he is embarrassing to all of you, to the country, to your party, and yet you can't quit him. Uh, No, I don't agree with that assertion at all. I would distance myself. And the difference can be shown in the fact that, you know, the Democratic leaders, well, I'll mention just my favorite Democrat close, uh, obviously Obama. I never had a flag with him, a picture of him on it. Like, this is the difference between both of us. Like, we don't pray to the the person like we these are our beliefs, moron. Yeah, the Trump trains, these caravans of people with their Trump flag. You people are weird. That's freaking weird, man. I mean, it is. It's just freaking weird. And you uh, know what? Yeah, I, I still say that he he's saying all the stuff that these racist people want to say and, and they love it. And, and that's exactly why they they support him. And he's he's telling it like it is. He's 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 he doesn't he's not a politician. He just says what he's thinking. Blaming oh. hypocrites, by the way, like this Hunter Biden stuff. I find it so funny. Hunter Biden never gets to own a gun again. Are, are conservatives going to stand up and fight for his right? How dare they infringe on his Second Amendment rights? So Will the NRA make this the keynote speech at the next big conference? Well, listen, not. Hunter Biden shouldn't ever be able to. And listen, by the way, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be infringing on Second Amendment rights and certain felony convictions and all that. Yeah, they actually should. Like, I'm not uh, opposed to that. I'm just talking about the hypocrisy because on the right, they say that right should not be infringed at all. Sure. For- yeah. And now they're all cheering that Hunter Biden got a gun charge. I would think they would, uh, you know, invite him over to the party now. You got a gun charge, brother? Come on over to the party. here. <laughs> yeah. And this is my question. Why do I know about Hunter Biden? Why? Why is? Why are you guys bringing Hunter Biden up? I mean, well, because they can't get anything on Joe Biden, so the next best thing. And but he's not the course, president. Dude. Again, the hypocrisy. I, Trump's kids. I mean, in the White House, you know, making millions and almost billions off of their deals. Well, technically, no his son, his son-in-law, did make two billion dollars oh, off yeah. of the Saudis. Exactly. So yeah, that doesn't seem to be a problem to anyone. But uh, oh, of course not. Of course not. And, and by Biden. the way, these Hunter Biden tax charges. I mean, yeah. First of all, you got a bunch of conservatives saying we should defund the IRS, but then they're applauding when Hunter Biden gets a charge. And, and his charge, you know, now there's this conspiracy theory that the uh, DOJ stepped yeah. in from him being prosecuted or something. The tax charge he's on, no one gets prosecuted for. He paid taxes late. He paid them just late. Right. Like, you don't get prosecuted for that. Trust no, me. you get fined well, for it. Yeah, they, they, they penalize you and audit you and they make you get caught up. But he was already caught up. Like, I mean, it's I think they went the other way. They made uh, they prosecu- they did this meaningless charge so they could say they did something. But no average citizen would ever get prosecuted for paying taxes late when you've paid them. Need to know news. News you need to know. 
Um, let me see here. Um, who was our guest we had on a few episodes back, the conservator from Texas? Oh. Yeah, everyone's blanking on his name. <laughs> yeah. well, I can't remember his name. American. The guy, the, the, American, the right. not American. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. we had a prominent conservative on the show a few a few episodes back that made a lasting impression on all of us, obviously. But uh, at one point in the midst of the interview, he just started bashing on California, saying that you know, oh, I wouldn't go to California to you know if you hold you know, held me at a held me at a gunpoint with an arrow. He was afraid to go there. He wouldn't. Yeah. He's afraid to vacation in California. Exactly. And this is a uh, recurring theme I've noticed on uh, conservative news outlets that somehow San Francisco has become this just toxic wasteland. Yeah. And I personally have been to San Francisco a few times in the last few years, and I don't see any evidence of what anyone's talking about. Is there a homeless population problem? Yeah. And in every major city I've ever been to, there is. Like, I get it. There are certain areas. and. You know, we had the story a couple months ago about this uh, tech guy that got murdered in the street in the middle of the night, and everyone was like, "Oh, see, San Francisco." It turns out that he knew the guy. It was, you know, it wasn't just some random stabbing from a homeless guy. But it was a coral. Yeah, this uh, this perception though is out there. I've heard all sorts of people. Uh, a friend of mine from Michigan, like last year, took a trip to San Francisco, and I saw all these comments like, "What are you thinking, going to San Francisco?" My brother keeps telling me. Uh, I keep telling him like, uh, "Hey, next time you're in town, we should go down to Portland, do a just a mini road trip, you know, down south into oh, Oregon." Oh boy. He's like, uh, I'm not going to Portland." I was like, "What? What do you mean you're not going to Portland? Uh, why?" He's like, uh, first of all, I'm going to say this. Uh, I was there 15 years ago, and I was scared to be there. Oh, and I can't imagine what it's like now after what I've seen on the news. I'm like, dude, 15 years ago, you were not scared of Portland. He lives in a smaller town, so I, yeah. I understand you're going to see homeless people. You might see him do drugs. You might see some prosties, you know, but you might see someone taking a dump in the street. But I've it's seen in that a general area of life in every city. Yes. And I know maybe some have gotten worse in recent years. Nick, you've said that Seattle's kind of gone off the deep end, but it's still not some crime haven hellscape where you can't possibly be walking around. But my wife goes there every day, dude, and walks to lunch. Like, you know, yeah, it's a little worse than it used to be. They're trying to get homelessness and uh, mental health under control. Right. So, yeah. So San Francisco keeps just getting dragged through the mud. And uh, SFGate, which is a uh, popular news site in mm -hmm. San Francisco there, they just did a little thing here on this. And uh, uh, it says that uh, it seems like everyone's getting uh, – it's got something to say about San Francisco these days. From the media publishing apocalyptic headlines to social media commentators who have never been to California weighing in on exactly what is wrong with the city. Yeah. Nevertheless, if you ask tourists visiting the city what they have to say about it, you'll often hear a different story from posts of pure delight online uh, to overheard conversations in hotel lobbies around the town. Uh, the point is they went out and they surveyed a whole bunch of tourists in the last six months here, and everyone had raving things to say about San Francisco, what a beautiful city it is, the tourist attractions, and that friends of mine said, what are you doing going to San Francisco? And they're all... <laughs> trying to go back home to texas or wherever and say like i had an amazing trip and i would love to go back again yeah it's just political driven garbage being put out there in the news and it's just one of these sort of urban legends that somehow has taken hold but if you actually ask people <laughs> that have been there they will not agree with you 
No, they won't, dude. California is doing great right now. Like, people want to go to California. There's a reason why it's, uh, you know, in contention to be the world's, uh, you know, largest economy in the world. It's up to number five right now. Yeah. First of all, that dwarfs everything else in America, but it dwarfs, like, multiple major countries. And, and yeah, you know, taxes are a little high in California. I get it. And some people are leaving because of that or because of politics or whatever. But every state has people coming and going, especially since 2020. And, you know, Gavin Newsom was just on with uh, uh, Hannity and he eviscerated Hannity. And, you know, one of the things was, you know, all these people moving to Florida and out of California. Newsom pointed out, like, you're going on raw numbers. If you go per capita, we've got more people coming to California than going. And Florida's losing more than they're gaining. But if you just look at raw numbers, then, yeah, but that's because California's got like a billion people in it. And Hannity had no response, which I found interesting. No, it's Fox News. He's an uneducated buffoon. Yeah, I mean, he's, to just, he's spewing these talking points that yeah. it's hellscape in California. <laughs> it's it's just not. So I'm just going to say for uh, charisma, facts, knowledge, like you can't get in a ring with Gavin Newsom uh, if you're if you're not well versed, well studied on the issue. He's a smart dude, and I've admired him for years here in California. And uh, I think someday he'll be president, and he's you know he's worthy of it. But uh, it's not going to be this round. But my point is, it's a great state. Don't believe the hype, and uh, stop being a hypocrite. Stop enjoying all of our commerce products. Us funding your little crappy red states. Yeah, avocados and lemons and all that. And by the way, there's tons of conservatives in California. Yeah, uh, people oh, yeah. Don't seem to realize the whole middle of the state is farmland. It's where most of your food comes from, and it's conservatives. I live in Lake Tahoe. This is a red district. Yeah, because might I say there's county, too many conservatives in California. Right. Yes. I've had our uh, our congressman on the radio before here. We've debated Tom McClintock. Or McClintock? Is that his, I don't even know. Um, but um, we, we've had our conservative uh, you know, elected official here on. Yeah. It's because I may be in a liberal corner of my county, but the rest of it's all red. So, uh, yeah, it's you know, there's plenty of conservatives out here. So conservatives should stop bashing on the state because there's plenty of you. Steve is uh, just started a new job at the uh, California Visitor Authority. Yeah. Yes. Come to California, dude. Sunshine. Sunshine and love. That's what you'll find. This is Need to Know News. News you need to know. Now, gentlemen, when I say to you, the cocaine capital of the United States, what would you think of? Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, that's the Coke capital of the world. Yes. yes. The cocaine capital of America. Seriously, is that the question? Yeah. Yes. And, I, and I'm not talking about like it, where it comes into. I'm talking about people using cocaine. What would you say? New York City or L.A. Uh, yeah, I would say. Yeah, I'd say California. Actually, the, the correct answer would be Traverse City, Michigan. Traverse oh, City, Michigan? Wow. Yeah. Well, cut, hold on. That's got to be per capita. There's only like, what, 5,000 people living in Traverse City. So. Yeah. Oh, they're That's doing enough for all of us, dude. Yeah, where, what, what is this about? Where, where are they getting this from? It says, uh, so I'm, I'm uh, actually on uh, the Detroit Metro Times. And it actually says Michigan's Traverse City is a tourist town primarily known as the cherry capital of the world. Correct. But a recent study makes the case that the little beachside burg can also claim the title of being cocaine capital of the U.S. 
Why? Wow. And it was named- Users or drug supply? What are they based on that? No, using. I mean, first of all, if I lived in northern Michigan, I'd be on, on drugs constantly, too. But when the it comes to- City is an idyllic little <laughs> coastal town there. It says, when it comes to cocaine use, Traverse City ranked number one with 23.8 of its population, percent of its population of 15,675 yeah. having taken the drug. I was Grand, Ra- Grand Rapids came in at number nine at 21.4%. Nice. That makes a little more sense, but uh, <laughs> that's interesting. So per capita, almost almost a quarter of the people in Traverse City are doing below. Is this 1986? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just uh, I just heard uh, that cocaine is actually starting to ramp up. It's making a comeback. Really? Yeah. <laughs> or affordable? Uh, why? Why would that be? What a disgusting drug. Seriously. I yeah, I don't know, dude. I mean, uh, they said uh, one of the shows that I watch is like a Border Patrol type thing on Nat Geo, and they were like, uh, "We've seen a tremendous rise, tremendous in uh, cocaine." And uh, I don't know, maybe it's it's time to make it again. See if the market starts taking it up again. It seems well, like they are. It's the the free market at work, then I guess. But it's got to be more affordable well, or something that that would be making a comeback. Yeah. Well, I I would I would also say that uh, Traverse City has also been ranked as the number one U.S. city for cannabis use, with sixty five point eight percent of residents reported using the sweet leaf. Hmm. Wow. Now, is it also have the highest overdose rate? No. Well, so people are doing it responsibly. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. You know, now, like, it's a model for the country. Nice. Now, Traverse City also was ranked number three overall with a wildness score of 7.71 out of 10, just behind Reno, Nevada, 8.61%. Really? Is for what, is, though? For wildness? Yes, wildness. A wildness yeah. score of 7.71. What does that See, mean? Sounds, like a party town, or yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah, <laughs> like drinking, drug use, uh, all everything. Right behind Reno, hmm. is I that know. because prostitution, you know, is legal? Like it's just an overall party town. I'd say these are towns I've been in. Maybe that's why they're ranking and high uh, charts for Traverse City. Do you? Did you also know that Traverse City has twelve point seven six strip clubs per one hundred thousand residents? What? 12 strip clubs per whatever 100,000 residents but so they, they don't have, have 100,000 residents I was going to say so they have a total of 12 strip clubs in that little town <laughs> yeah <laughs> seems odd to me I don't know what's Man, going this on a, this sounds like uh, we need to do a road trip to Traverse City apparently it yeah, Bruce, a lot when's the last time you've been to a strip club maybe a couple of years. oh I was just, just after the pandemic I, I went to uh, the spear oh I went to two in Vegas I went to the Spearmint Rhino, but then I had to go to the library also. <laughs> what Wait, is what? the library and strip club? Or did you? Have yes, to... it is. So if, wow. your wife call, so if your wife calls, you can say, oh, I'm at the library. That's, That's funny. Wow, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last time I was at a strip club, I was with you guys in Seattle, like in 2002 or something. Oh, oh the deja yeah. vu. Uh, yeah, Richie yeah. Rich. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right, dude. Uh, well, I didn't and know that, Traverse City had that much stuff going on. I learned to ski there, so there's a fun fact for you. You said learn to ski there. I mean, this is a cocaine story we're talking about. Right. There's a lot of white <laughs> stuff everywhere, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> it's a bit of a blur. Who knows? But yeah. But Traverse City, Steve, it's a party town. 
Who knew? I mean, literally, who knew that? <laughs> I certainly didn't. You guys should hold your next uh, Harness Family reunion in the Traverse Town area. Well, someone brought that up a couple of years ago, and I vetoed it because <laughs> it's five hours north in Michigan. So I'm like, all right, so you want me to fly from Lake Tahoe, a place with a big lake and trees everywhere. I got to fly to Michigan, drive five hours north to Michigan, to end up in another town with trees and a lake. Like, we no, I'm not doing that. Well, what about all the people who don't live in Tahoe? They had their vote too, but, well, but they, they, they must have good weed if all those people are smoking it too, Steve. You want to see me? You know where to find me. We interrupt this program to bring you a special. Here is program. a news bulletin. We interrupt this program to bring you oh, a the humanity and all its which will live in infamy. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Need to know news. News you need to know. All right. How about a seventh grader that uh, decided to make uh, tampon cookies for a principal who refused to put tampons in the school bathroom? Oh. Yeah. Uh, what do we mean by a tampon cookie? They looked like them. They were made out of them. What, uh, that uh, they they look like them, and they really do look like them. little red uh, jelly in the middle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. A little cotton on the end. and I mean, they look just like... He did a great job strings hanging out of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they really look like them. Uh, but that's what you get, dude, when you start uh, crossing the uh, side of just uh, mentally healthy... Republican, whatever you want to uh, call your change to this ultra-conservative thought where we don't even want to allow tampons in the bathroom because it's sexual. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what is that about? Is she saying that uh, they didn't allow like a dispensing machine or they used to give them away for free? Or uh, is, Yeah, they just the won't even let them into their uh, bathroom at all. And there <laughs> are... Possibly this is seventh grade. Speaking of which... Just quick side note. I mean, are we hearing about uh, girls getting their periods so young today? Younger and younger. Yes. Well, but but seventh grade is is it's about I, it. Yeah, that that's that's about average. Yeah. yeah. Girls are getting it now between oh, wait, absolutely. Like, 10 and, like 10 and 12 nowadays. And that's way lower than it ever used to be. And this, you wonder uh, why, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the milk, dude. Hey, it's listen. in something. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's in the, uh, it's in everything, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but this girl, seventh grader, uh, said, Hey, I would like to, uh, I'm organizing this program, uh, where I would like to offer free tampons in the bathroom, just as this program I'm doing. Hmm. And, uh, the principal said, no, I will not let you do that. That is beyond foul. Uh, she wanted to do it. Because there are, in her area, are so many young girls who either don't have their parents helping them out or can't afford it. So they go home and don't have what they need and they're missing school over it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like an economic issue mainly. And uh, that's a noble thing. And I just, I just get so exhausted with conservatives. Not everything having to do with the vagina is sexual. Yeah. It's literally a hygiene and cleansliness, and women can get infections and everything else if they don't take care of things. Like, how preposterous. Yeah. Uh, I will give her a 10 out of 10 for her creativity on protesting this. This is when protesting, uh, you know, peaceful protesting starts. What a way to do it. Uh, The uh, principal, much like uh, Greg Abbott, uh, just didn't acknowledge that they gave them to him. Wow. 
And and when, and she's selling these cookies, just giving them away as protest? Just she gave tampons around the school? They were delivered to the principal, dude. She had them delivered to the principal as like a gift. Nice. So, well, she should deliver them once a month just to keep the theme going, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I like when you're that. on the blob, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, when you want something sweet. I, I hope they're uh, as hard to swallow as the concept of feminine hygiene is to conservatives. You know what I mean? We, I was having this conversation with my mother. who I don't know how you guys were introduced to sex ed, but like my mother always... Uh, my mother was always open if I had questions about anything like that, whether it was about my own body or sex in general. It was not real taboo with her. And, I mean, it wasn't like we would have these discussions in front of other people or at the dinner table. But if I had a question, I always knew I could go to her from as young as I ever was. Did you guys have the same experience? No. No. <laughs> well so so my, my my mother was good with my sister as far as you know sex talk and all that sort of thing yeah. my mother my mother thought that my dad should be the one to give me a sex talk and the closest thing cadillac jack gave me was at a commercial breakdown of bruins game and this is no joke he turned to me and he said you got a loaded gun in your pants Keep it in there. <laughs> and that was and that way everything else was all sex ed in school it's it, it, that's the same my mom originally thought oh maybe my dad will talk to me about it my dad never said a word to me until maybe i was like 18 or 19 years old and i was leaving to go somewhere and he said uh wear a condom that was the only thing that he ever said <laughs> like how do you know where i'm going dude the uh, topic of sex uh, with my mother did not come up until she started listening to this show the newest version the podcast version of Ooh, oh boy. that's yeah. rough dude no she, it never came up back in the day for sure there she was got caught in a rainstorm without an umbrella dude <laughs> I mean, that, that's a lot of information yeah no she uh yeah she got herself caught up for sure i do remember when i was uh 19 uh dating the 35 year old you know i brought her home to meet mom when things got serious you did oh i I had to i mean she knew i had a girlfriend and you know bring her for dinner and i was like i gotta tell you something mom she's a little older she's 27 okay (laughs) and i was like and she freaked out over that and then she met her and you know i was like all right hey surprise she's really 35 my mom like popped a gasket and <laughs> i don't know it was a month or so later i was taking a trip out west here to see my dad and driving home from the airport he's like so your mother told me i need to talk to you about this 35 uh, year old you're dating <laughs> yeah and i was like yeah he's like she's concerned um but between you and me nice job wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> nice job that is you know i could see your dad saying yeah. that to you <laughs> yep You've got somewhat of a, a ladies' man of a father. Would you not say that the doctor is, uh, I mean, he's a bit of a ladies' man. He does not have a problem through uh, any time I've known him meeting nice-looking people, you know? I I never thought of it that way, but as I've gotten older, uh, yeah, apparently. And uh, <laughs> uh, wish him well. He's getting married for the fifth time now or something. Wow. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. Good, good for him for not giving up because, you know, I'll tell you, some people – you know, after two or three times, they're just like, I'm done. I'm th-. But not him, man. He's not a quitter. No, no he's uh, into his 80s now, and he's still uh, he's still able to get the ladies. So kudos for that. And, you know, I will tell you, throughout my entire life, people have always told me, like, boy, your dad's a good-looking guy. He looks just like Sean Connery. And uh, people always told me that. And, I, you know, okay, cool. Um, but now I'm realizing, and I hate admitting this, I really look like my dad the older I get. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, especially within the last five years, you've started to really look like him. Yeah. But then I just remember, like, well, people always said he's this good-looking older guy. So, <laughs> all right. So if I'm going to look like him, then at least I got that going for me. So. That's right. Champion! Um, I've got a related story we could end with uh, real quick. Yeah, please do. Set me up. Oh, I sure will. This is Need to Know News. News you need to know. Thank you. Uh, my dad may live to be 150, based on this article, the 10 health benefits of having more sex. Oh, <laughs> okay. You think your dad's having a lot of sex? I don't know how else he's getting these women. I mean, I assume there's some activities going on He's got on charm. He's got charisma. I mean, he's got he's got other things. But... Right, but what's the end game for any of that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, sexual pleasure. Right. So uh, I'll just run through these. But, uh, you know, this is worth knowing personally. And uh, this is an article you may want to lay around the kitchen table or something. Just, hey, honey, you want me to live <laughs> to a ripe old age or what? <laughs> So, uh, first of all, it eases stress. I mean, stress. Good golly. That's something we're all dealing with, and I know for a fact can be a killer. Yeah. Stress can cause disease, virus, all sorts of things to come on flying out of you. So, uh, Flatulence. Exactly. Um, it increases dopamine, which impacts the brain's pleasure and reward center. Endorphins, which can reduce pain and stress. Uh, oxytocin, also known as the cuddle hormone. All released during sex. Higher levels after an orgasm. Make sure you finish, everyone. Yeah, don't quit early. Uh, it boosts mood. A study of 30,000 American men and women between 89 and 2012 found that having sex at least once a week in a committed relationship was just uh, enough to make people happy all just by itself there. I, I remember a time in my 20s, especially, like when someone had come into work and they would be in a good mood. You'd be like, you get laid last night? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That used to be a thing people said if they saw you in a good mood. Yes. And again, oxytocin boost levels, scientifically proven to increase your mood, make you feel better. Mm -hmm. um, it improves sleep. Uh, prolactin, a hormone that relaxes you, is also released after an orgasm. All right. So, may, you, you, so you can masturbate. If you need to, True. And it'll help you. And that's another thing. Like, you know, if you're not in the mood, honey, I'm just going to save my own life tonight and uh, take care <laughs> of these things. So uh, it boosts your immune, uh, immunity. Having regular sex can help fight off disease. Researchers at uh, Pennsylvania's Wilkes University uh, asked U.S. college students how often they had sex uh, and then compared it to levels of uh -oh, immuno, immunoglobin. Uh, an antibody that functions as the body's first line of defense uh, in their saliva, 30% uh, higher, you know? Really? I it mean, decreases significant, dude. Exactly. You're saving lives. People are always uh, <laughs> volunteering for charities and, you know, trying to save people in Africa. Just put out more people and you'll save each other. Put out. Put uh, it decreases out. the risk of prostate cancer. Oh, We've really? Talked about this before. Uh, frequent ejaculation appears to be linked to a lower risk of prostate cancer. Oh, yeah. That's why we said to masturbate 29 times last in Prostate Awareness Month. Exactly. Exactly. How uh, often are you pulling your horn there, Jim? Uh, we've discussed on the uh, show before, Brewski has a defibrillator built in for heart tissues. Uh, men who make love at least two times a week are 45% less likely to have heart disease. Oh, I'm not a clean bed for this champion. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be in the bed, dude. You can do it wherever. Anywhere. Exactly. You're saving lives. It enhances intimacy. A series of four studies committed uh, that couples in the United States and Switzerland found that having sex created more affection, not only in moments after intimacy, but hours later. 
uh, even uh, in couples with children. It, it increases uh, the level of love and intimacy throughout the home. Sex uh, increases the half-life of love, dude. I mean, it'll last a while if you're making love. Exactly. It boosts cognition. If you're looking for a good reason to energize your sex life as you get older, studies show that keeping your uh, love life active into old age protects and improves your brain's executive functions and recall. I said, come on now, honey. We don't want dementia. Right? Next time you're like, where did I put the car keys? Maybe you should be going down on me more often. You know, then I wouldn't know where the car keys are. We better up our routine. I can't find my keys again. Exactly. Uh, it limits pain. A 2013 survey of 1,000 German headache sufferers found that 30% of those with cluster headaches and 60% of those with migraines reported partial or total relief of their pain if they had sex during the migraine. There is no longer the excuse of I've got a headache tonight right. because let me cure it. It's time to go. Exactly. Uh, and it's a form of exercise. Uh, a study of 20 young healthy couples found they burned an average of 85 calories for each half hour of a romp in bed. Men burn more than women, by the way, as previously stated. I feel <laughs> men do a little more work during the average work. <laughs> uh, men burned 100 calories to every 70 that women burn during the average He's just trying 30. to get his uh, girlfriend, you know, like uh, in competitive mood. <laughs> <laughs> no, and part of that is me. I like to take control certain positions I'm more a fan of that are, make me more in control and all that. <laughs> it increases how long I can last when I'm in control, all that stuff. So some of that is on me, but I think it's a general rule that men actually are putting a little more effort physical effort into intimacy than most women so well, when's the and last time survey shows it by the way it does it just said men are burning 100 <laughs> calories to every 70 the women because they're more maybe because we're just yeah. so we're more excited about it <laughs> yeah. you going to pound town you know right yeah. when's the last time you got a cramp uh making love mm. I've had a problem with that in the past. <laughs> Just the way you said it, I could hear it in your voice, dude. Yeah, it's, in the, it's always a hamstring in one of my legs. Oh, for me Just a cramp too. during. Yes. Yes, while okay. it's happening. And then and then and then I gotta like kind of stretch my leg out and kind of like get in some weird position because I don't want to stop, you know. Right. Sometimes I mean, a really the, good uh, point. The arch of my foot every like one in a thousand sessions, uh, I'll get a little cramp and I gotta like yeah stretch my leg out or do something to to offset. But I've had a few incidents recently um, where I wake up the next day and my uh, my hamstrings are killing me. And it's because I've realized that, like, you know, we're on, like, a kitchen counter or something, and I have to get on my tippy toes in order to get the correct entry level. And so wow. I'm, I'm going to pound town there up on my tippy toes for several minutes. And that's oh. a hell of a workout if you've ever tried just standing on your tippy toes for minutes at a time. So. What the hell's wrong with you, dude? What well, you, I mean, well, my well, 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 yeah, why are you getting a phone book or something? <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, I'm not going on my tippy toes, dude. You need, you need one of those risers that Ron DeSantis <laughs> stands on every time you speak. That's, I should. I should be wearing cowboy boots, apparently. I mean, I'm already 6'2". I guess my kitchen countertops are just higher than normal. But no, When no, you no, design he, he, your he, house, make a kick out, dude, that you can just like <laughs> you know bring from underneath the trim. and That's the dream, Nick, the retirement home, yes. Yeah. No, he, he actually has a riser. That when he's standing next to people for pictures and everything, they put a riser out for him to stand on so he's taller than the people. Fantastic. Yeah. You need something, dude. I, I'll tell you this. The first time I got the cramp and it was in the same place, Brisky, hamstring. Yeah. I had to stop. It was so painful that I had to like 
remove yeah. myself from the situation and be like, I got, hold on, hold, you know, wait. And I thought to myself, that's it. I just failed the test, dude. I mean, I just, I'm old and uh, this is what it is from here on out. And then it didn't happen for a while. And then it happened again. And I was like, Oof, maybe I got to stretch out before, you know, a session or something. But uh, drink, drink, some, drink lots of water. Keep those muscles hydrated. Yeah. This article just pointed out it's a workout. You, you should stretch before any other kind, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that is a bad sign. I got to tap out, baby. Give me five. Stretch here. <laughs> Wait, question, question. Stretching. Would that mean like, like if you're, yanking on your horn no no (laughs) no i mean maybe a little of that to try and keep me where i am you know as i you know but uh yeah yeah it's like athletes when they're in between races or something they jump on the exercise bike or something keep the heart rate going you know yeah distribute some literature feed the ducks you know cook a batch you know that is an article from cnn.com so print it out leave copies around everyone's home all right uh that's a fact yeah And you heard it here first on the vocal minority. This is what we mean when we say need to know news. It's news you need to know. 57th edition today. Well, I guess we didn't used to do it. So it's probably about the uh, 30th edition. Wait, what? What do you mean? Need to know news. Oh, of need to. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Episode 57 overall. But we're always full of things you need to know. We're not just here wasting your time. All right. Correct. Oh, no. Exactly. All right, boys. Well, thank you for the fine education from tampons to politicians to sexual behaviors, cancer, all kinds of good stuff on the program today. Need to know news. Uh, All right. Goodbye, Brewski. Goodbye, Brewski. Test one, two. Test one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and cousin Brewski. The vocal minority with Nick and Steve.